0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome in to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I'm Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy, Rocky Magania. Rocky, Um, that thing didn't end exactly how we wanted it to. The Chiefs fall to the Cincinnati Bengals in overtime, 27-24. Chiefs got the ball to open overtime and looked completely out of sorts. Patrick Mahomes finishes off their possession with an interception that leads to a Cincinnati Bengals field goal, and they win this thing. Uh, The Chiefs put up 21 points on their first three drives and could not put anything together after that it all started with a first half possession that in my mind is still the right call and let's just get this out of the way chiefs fans we're drinking um we were hoping to 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 drink in a celebratory fashion on this post game show but that's not what we got today um You know, I I still side with I I like Andy Reid's aggressiveness trying to go into halftime and and keeping his foot on the gas and and going for that touchdown there as opposed to settling for that three points. But that first half stop seemed to totally dismantle their game plan. I I, I don't really know. And, And Rocky, it's. We talked about it all season long, man. This team was so frustrating to watch sometimes because when they put it all together, they're the best team in football. And they had moments throughout the entire season where they just struggled, struggled, struggled. And you could see it. You could see the glimpses of the greatness and now it's done. Now it's over. And after what was, an incredible win over the Buffalo bills in the divisional round. You come out, look absolutely dominant in the first half of this football game. And the second half, all it really comes down to, because listen, I, I have to go back and watch the game and I don't want to discredit anything that Cincinnati did here because they won the football game and they beat this team twice this year. And they're going to a super bowl, which is incredible. Joe burrow, is absolutely nails cool under pressure one of the most cool common collected quarterbacks maybe i've ever seen despite the fact this offensive line is terrible but rocky it, it's hard to read into this as anything other than like this could be the end of the line right like this could be the end of the line like you lose this game afc championship game at home And you kind of lay an egg in the second half like that against a team that, in my opinion, is inferior to you. It's not as good as you. And you lose this football game. Season's over, not going to a third consecutive Super Bowl. And now my mood is a lot more somber and painful than it was when I I thought around three o'clock today, I was feeling myself and thought. We were going to be popping bottles and celebrating on this post-game show.
2: Yeah, um, not a good day, Steven. Not a good day. Um, The Chiefs came out and just showed us what it looks like to completely fold and choke for two and a half quarters straight. Um, I was with you. I thought it was the right call to go for it at the end of the half. But the problem is, is that Mahomes could tell they didn't have anybody in the end zone at the beginning of that play at the end of the half. He throws that ball away. We still get three points. And we still get three points. We we don't go to overtime. Mahomes mismanaged that play. He looked like David Carr on that play at the end of the Raiders game. You, you got it. At that play, you either throw to the end zone or you don't throw it at all. You throw it away. And you have to know that before you snap the ball. I understand that you have Tyreek Hill. He's the greatest athlete in the NFL. You don't give Tyreek Hill a chance to make a play there. You throw it in the end zone or you throw it away and you take the three. But that's not why the Chiefs lost the game. The Chiefs lost the game because they came out in the second half and did not play offense. And they didn't play good defense. They didn't sack Joe Burrow. Chris Jones, you get your hand on a quarterback, you have to bring him down. You, you sack Joe Burrow when you get your hands on him and you don't let him look like Eli Manning throwing to David Tyree, as you mentioned in our chat You know, during the game, then this might be a different scenario. But this was a Chiefs squad that, when the the season was on the line in overtime in the second half, they had numerous numerous opportunities to make a play that could turn the tide, and they didn't make them. They did. They like Snead came up with a big interception, and the Chiefs immediately did nothing with it, nothing with it. And Mahomes, like I am the biggest Mahomes fan in the world. Mahomes looked out of sorts. You mentioned this team has been frustrating all year. When this team is playing its best football, they are the greatest offense we've ever seen. But they have no middle gear. It's either they are locked in and playing the best football you've ever seen, or it just falls to pieces. Like, it's just shambles falling to pieces. Nothing works. Can't get a first down. Can't move the ball. And that's what we saw in the second half. Like, it was mind-boggling. Like, I don't know how a team can play so well and be so locked in in the first half of a game and then one thing goes wrong and they just crumble to pieces. Like, they just, they they crumble. That's not a championship swagger like they talk about. That was soft as I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. Listen, again, credit to the Cincinnati Bengals. It's incredible that Joe Burrow in his second year as a starting quarterback in the NFL has led them to a Super Bowl. That's
2: championship swagger. That is championship swagger.
1: Unbelievable. Um, I kind of tend to believe that whoever makes it out of the NFC is going to beat this Bengals team because I don't think they're talented enough to be in a Super Bowl right now, but they are. And it's kind of a testament to the entirety of the NFL season, especially in the AFC, because I feel like all season long, we kept going down this thing where we were like, Everybody knows the Chiefs are the best team in football, but they continue to prove why you have to have questions about them and why you have to be like, okay, but we know you're better than everybody else. So play like it. So act like it. And they continue to not do that. They continue to not show up in big games. And the first half of this game, it felt like we're here. We're ready. We're not playing around today. We're going to a third straight Super Bowl. Let's do this thing. And then in the second half, there's no excuses for that. It was a total collapse. Like, again, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals aren't a better football team than the Chiefs. They simply aren't. Not at this stage. I think the Bengals are coming. And I think the Bengals have far surpassed anyone's expectations for this season by making it to a freaking Super Bowl, which makes zero sense. But you sacked Joe Burrow one time in this game. You got way too much money in that defensive line, Rocky. You got way too much invested in that defensive line to only sack Joe Burrow one time in this football game. And I told you, yeah, you mentioned it already, that Burrow escape from Chris Jones, that was like Eli Manning against the New England Patriots Super Bowl-esque, like, oh, they're losing this game. Because Burrow escaped that sack. like It was that kind of day in the second half of the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's inexcusable. Uh, it, it's absolutely inexcusable. Steve Spagnolo, you're supposed to be the pressure guy. That's supposed to be your MO as a defensive coordinator. It's inexcusable to sack Joe Burrow one time in the AFC Championship game at home coming off of one of the greatest playoff games that we have ever seen and you sack Joe Burrow one time with that offensive line and all the money that you've got invested in that defensive front, that's supposed to be the strength of your defense. I know Melvin Ingram has added a ton to that portion of the Chiefs defense, but it's absolutely inexcusable. There's no other way to put it. It's its so frustrating because we watch them all day long. I know Joe Burrow had that miraculous escape, but this Chiefs defense wasn't putting enough pressure on him. They, were, they had their moments where they were getting in the backfield and putting pressure on him and making him escape. And we saw Joe Burrow run a little bit, which is not something that he normally does. But it's inexcusable for the defense to not be able to sack Joe Burrow multiple times when so they're coming off of a playoff game where he was sacked nine times by the Tennessee Titans.
2: Yeah, nope, 100%. Especially when you look at the uh, Chiefs' uh, payroll. We're not talking about they have way too much money invested in, in this front four for them not to get pressure. We have almost 25% of our salary cap invested in the starting front four. You can't put one quarter of your entire investment of your salary cap into four guys and have them not show up. And this is on Spagnolo because he got out coached in the second half. He couldn't get off the field. He let them he let the Bengals extend the drives. And it's also on Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid because they could not. It's not like the Bengals were doing anything that different in the second half. The wide receivers just wouldn't weren't getting open. Like 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 the play calling was terrible. The, the receivers couldn't get open. Mahomes' passes were all over the yard. Like he like like he almost threw up an interception to start to start overtime to end the game. Like what are you doing, man? Like 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 lock in like this is when your team needs you the most and you're the guy and you just weren't the guy today like i don't know what happened to mahomes between halftime and the second half but he came out an entirely different quarterback than he was in the first half and i don't get it so when you're living on
1: the edge and this team has been living on the edge for a long time right we we've talked about it a ton it's we The entire regular season last year, I think you could argue this team was living on the edge, living on the fact that they were more talented than everybody else to the point where they slept, walked through an entire regular season. And we were like, you guys are loaded with Hall of Famers. Like, what are we doing? You should be blowing these teams out. We shouldn't be having to have these conversations about you guys not showing up in big time games. And. That all inevitably led to a, a Super Bowl where you were incredibly shorthanded on the offensive line and you just got dominated up front and Patrick Mahomes was running for his life for an entire Super Bowl. Then this season, you'd go through an offensive line rebuild and you're banking on this defense to step up. And at the start of the season, it looked like the worst defense in football. Then. You, you get Melvin Ingram and things kind of start to turn around mid season and the offensive line starts gelling, but you still on a weekly basis, see things from this football team. That's like, well, they're still leaving things on the field. They're still making mistakes. They're still making boneheaded plays for no reason. They're still forcing the defense into unfortunate situations by turning the football over, or they're still just leaving points on the field by Guys dropping passes or miscommunications on offense or all of those dumb little things pile up and pile up and pile up. And this team has been living on the edge for two years now, Rocky. And it finally came to a head where AFC championship game at home, you look totally dominant the first three possessions offensively and your defense is doing enough for you to win a football game. And then you have a total second half collapse. That's what this was. Again, incredible Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. Amazing. Uh, I think the Bengals are for real. I think the Bengals are coming, and I think that they're a huge problem in the AFC because of all the young talent that they have on that roster, especially offensively. But this team's not good enough to beat you in your house in an AFC championship game. That is a collapse. That is a collapse and nothing more. They did not show up in the second half, and they did not play well. They did not execute. They looked totally disoriented and just totally out of sorts. And for the first time, again, this team plays on the edge, and inevitably, that's going to fall off. Inevitably, that's going to catch up to you. And for the first time ever, Patrick Mahomes was not able to step up And answer the call and and save you. This team's been living on borrowed time for a long time based on the fact that Patrick Mahomes does incredible things. And for the first time so far in his career, Patrick Mahomes could not prop you up on his back and, and, and make up for every other bad mistake that you had. And for the first time, it came back to finally cost them something in a drastic way. To the point where you lost at home in an AFC title game to the Cincinnati Bengals when on paper you were the best team left in the postseason and now it's over now it's over now. It, it's not like this is a team that has a bunch of question marks like you know the Green Bay Packers, for example, where you don't know if Aaron Rodgers is coming back. You don't know if you can pay Devontae Adams because you're $45 million over the cap and all of that stuff. This team isn't in that same boat like this team isn't going to come back next year and be totally rebuilt and you know lose a bunch of veteran players because they don't have any gap space. They've got money. So this isn't like closing the door on a dynasty or anything like that. I do think the dynasty talk is done now. Now now you're just, how far can Pat take us? Because that's what it is now. This isn't a dynasty caliber team anymore. I still think Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Hall of Fame caliber players. But in the grand scheme of things, we're going to be talking about this team very differently in a decade than we would be if they were making it to their third consecutive Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, no, you got to take a hard look in the mirror because yeah, you wanted you wanted a few a couple of years ago. Last year you lost in the Super Bowl. This year you lose in the AFC Championship. You're progressing the wrong direction. Um and the and you you, you invested a ton of money in the offensive line in the offseason. You said this is what we have to fix in order to get over the hump and win the next championship. And guess what? The tackles didn't play well today. And yeah, it stinks that Lucas Niang was out there. Wasn't out there cuz he's injured. But Orlando Brown Jr., he wasn't it, man. Like, you, 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 you traded a first-round draft pick. You, you bet a lot on Orlando Brown Jr. being able to be the left tackle that he said he was, and he got better as the season progressed. But today, when the chips were down, he wasn't it. He could not keep Pat clean. Pat was facing way too much pressure from that side, and there were a couple of plays where both tackles just whiffed and Pat got hit. And that's not excusing Pat's play because Pat – Pat played poorly down the line. Like you can't just point out to like you can point out to any section of this team, any position on this team, and say that they, they they played poorly in the second half. The wide receivers didn't get open. The running backs didn't run as hard as they did. They they went away from the running game in the second half for some reason because Clyde Edwards Ailaire looked great in the first half. Mahomes couldn't find the open man. He was running around scared. The offensive line could not keep him clean. And then on defense. They couldn't win their one-on-one matchups, and the linebackers weren't playing gap sound. Like the like the linebackers would would, would over pursue, and the next thing you know, it's one cutback, and Joe Mixon has, has six yards. It's it's inexcusable. Like this this is not a dynasty. It's a good team, but it's not a dynasty. I I think that
1: hurts as much as anything. uh You know, just I, I know this is fresh and. We're still trying to process our emotions, and I'm not overreact, blow the whole thing up kind of guy. Like, that's not who I am. That's just not my makeup. But it hurts, man, like, because this is a team where, especially after that game against the Buffalo Bills, you were like, it's their Super Bowl. It's their, this is theirs to lose, and it's going to take an epic collapse. The only thing that is going to, when we look back on this thing and remember these incredible times from this specific team, we're going to look back and be really regretful because of everything that they left on the field, all the mistakes that they made, all the small things that piled up and piled up and piled up over the last couple of years, finally caught up to them and they just could not make it work in the second half of this football game. Like, I understand the Cincinnati defense adjusted at halftime and they started playing Tyreek Hill a lot better because Tyreek Hill was just running wide open in the first half of this football game. But Tyreek Hill, you got too many talented players on this team and you got Patrick Freak and Mahomes. Them finding out a way to, oh, let's just double Tyreek the entire half and, and make sure that he's not wide open because we don't have anybody who can cover him one-on-one that shouldn't dismantle your entire offensive game plan. And it dismantled the chief's entire offensive game plan in the second half of this football game. And that's inexcusable. That's you relying too much on Patrick Mahomes and saying, Patrick, just go be you just go be great. Go, go be the Reaper and go make plays. Now, I mean, he needs some help. And I, I think that's, what's most disappointing about this is that I was just supremely disappointed with Andy Reed and the play calling in the second half that it just never felt like they were giving him help. It never felt like they were putting them in advantageous situations and, and finding ways to capitalize on Mitch mismatches because there's plenty of them on this Bengals defense. Again, this Bengals defense is not like a shutdown defense. Like they were middle of the pack at best this year They don't have stars on that side of the ball. They got a bunch of average dudes. And this isn't like, you know, the Rams having Aaron Donald, like Trey Hendrickson's a fine player, but Trey Hendrickson's not a superstar who's going to carry your defense to a Super Bowl the way Von Miller did for the Broncos a few years back. This was an implosion. It it was. It it was nothing but a collapse. And it's going to take us a long time to get over this game because it hurt. It hurt. It feels like it's it's shutting the door uh, on a team that we thought was going to be a, a true dynasty, and they're just not going to be that now. Even if they come back next year, they retool this roster a little bit, and, and they've got some money to spend in free agency. Even if they come back and win another Super Bowl next year, this team's never going to be talked about in, in that dynasty category because you can't win one and, and then and then that ne- nev- and then make it to a second one and lose that one and then lose the way you just lost in an AFC championship game at home to the Cincinnati Bengals.
2: Yeah, no, you can't at all. And you look at this roster and we said, you know, throughout the season there's glaring holes on this roster and those glaring holes are ultimately what showed up today. Um I mean, for the money that Tyron Matthew wants, Tyron Matthew shouldn't be back next year. Honestly, you need you need I'm willing to say you need new safeties across the board. Juan Thornhill had an entire season to start, but he's just not consistent enough. He's not good in the run game. he he's athletic, but he's not consistent. Um, yeah you went you went budget Aldi's brand on cornerbacks for the last few years and then the playoffs, you saw that that when they were left one on one, they couldn't they couldn't hold up. Like you need some actual talent on the outside like Rashad Fenton and the Jerry Sneed are good. Travis Ward ain't it. DeAndre Baker ain't it. Mike Hughes ain't it. Like, those guys are not – your cornerbacks, your, your you have not invested enough resources in your cornerbacks because guess what happens? Your entire defense is built on the front four getting home, and when the front four gets home and doesn't get the sack – you're giving up a completion every single time. And guess what? You play Joe Burrow, that is his game. Joe Burrow is better than anybody else at avoiding the sack and then getting the ball off to his wide receivers. And they have the wide receivers out there to beat your your secondary. If the Chiefs are serious about about being perennial contenders in the NFL – then they have to fix their, their secondary. Their secondary is not good enough. And you got to get another another wide receiver. I know Brett Veach has tried all season long to find the number two. This offseason, wow. there's a plethora of wide receivers out there. If you're going to make a splash, you got to go out and get yourself a Michael Gallup. You got to get yourself an Allen Robinson. You got to draft a wide receiver in the first round. You got to do something big because guess what? Byron Pringle is a good number three wide receiver. DeMarcus Robinson could be a number four or five. You don't have a number two and you haven't had one yet. And you have to have one.
1: Well, so going into the offseason, that's kind of the problem here is that they do have some money to play with, but then Tyron Matthews looking for an extension. You got to extend Orlando Brown, right? Because you gave up a first round draft pick for him. So you're talking about this money that we want to spend on wide receiver, which I'm with you, Alan Robinson, and Michael Gallup to this offense. Hell yeah. Let's go. That's the guy you need. And I know Allen Robinson's coming off of a down year. Michael Gallup was injured, but those guys, when they're healthy, that's exactly the kind of wide receiver that you need. So second halves like this don't happen where teams just say, okay, just bracket Tyreek Hill for an entire football half. And then the only guy we got to worry about is Kelsey because we don't trust any of these other guys. And that's the way this thing played out. Exactly. I don't think that it was some incredible in-game adjustment by the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they just said, hell Tyree kill can't be just running wide open down the field. So we got to put two guys on him and we, and we got to slow that down. And they did that. And the chiefs offense just never adjusted. And like I said, the makeup of this team is going to be different next year because they're going to have to figure some things out. And The way this thing just ended and and what you got from Tyron Matthew. I love Tyron Matthew. I don't know if Tyron Matthew is going to be back next season because he was supposed to be the deciding factor, really, in my opinion, coming into this football game where he wasn't available last week because he got hurt seven plays in. So you could say, well, Josh Allen did that to your defense because Tyron left and, and he couldn't play. And Spags even said this week that, we had an entire defensive game plan set up around Tyron Matthew and and his ability to cover one-on-one and do that kind of stuff. And then we had to throw it out the window as soon as he got hurt because we don't have anybody else that can do that. But he wasn't a deciding factor in this football game. So if you're talking about giving that guy a three or four year extension and paying him huge money, well, these are the moments where you get those contracts like Melvin Ingram made big time plays in this game even if they were few and far between for this defense, but Melvin Ingram's saying, I can still play. I need, I need to latch on with the contender. I'm looking for a two year deal or something like that. My I'm extremely disappointed in, in the performance of the defense and Tyron Matthew, not, you know, being that deciding factor. Like we thought he could be coming into this game and chalking that up last week to him being out, but I'm also disappointed in Chris Jones. Like, Chris Jones had his moments in this game. He was putting pressure on Burrow, and Burrow escaped that miraculous sack. I, I think that there's just nothing you can do about that. That was a great player making a great play. The problem I have with Chris Jones is that, where's he been in the playoffs, man? Like, he, he's, he's had his moments creating pressure and stuff like that, but we saw the best Chris Jones, and it was against the Dallas Cowboys. Chris Jones was an absolute game wrecker. In that game. He was a deciding factor in their performance against that Dallas Cowboys team earlier this season. And I feel like we haven't seen that dude in a while. We haven't seen game wrecker Chris Jones. Like, if you look at the Los Angeles Rams and what they've done in the playoffs so far, Aaron Donald and Von Miller have been total difference makers for for them. And them trading that draft pick for Von Miller has made a huge difference so far in the playoffs because while Von might not have had a huge impact in the regular season once he came over. Once the playoff started, Von Miller has been an absolute force. He's been a wrecking ball for their defensive line on top of the fact that they have Aaron Donald, the most consistent game wrecker in all of football. I don't feel like you got that from Chris Jones this playoffs. I don't feel like Chris Jones was a game wrecker During the postseason, he wasn't that guy, that key contributor on the defense that you need him to be if you're going to be the type of team that wins these games and wins multiple titles, and it showed up today. They only sacked Joe Burrow one time.
2: Yeah, they only sacked Joe Burrow one time. And that's the thing is Chris Jones wants to be considered in the elite level. The elite level players show up week in and week out. And you mentioned Tyron Matthew. I don't think they should bring back Tyron Matthew because you know what? You say he's supposed to be the difference maker in this game. Name one game this season. Not just today, one game this season where Tyron Matthew was a difference maker. Tyron Matthew says a lot of things. He says he's a leader. He he can call the plays, but when the ball is snapped, tell me one game this year where Tyron Matthew made a difference with his play. On the field this year, he was an average NFL safety. He wasn't bad, but he was not the highest-paid safety in the NFL like he should be, and he's, he's 5'9", and he's only getting older. You, you re-sign Tyron Matthew, you're tying up way too much money for a player who's on the decline. I think Tyron Matthew's best football was behind him two years ago. Like, like two years ago, he was at his prime. He was a great player. Last year, he was good. This year, he's average. You got way too many holes coming up to re-sign Tyron Matthew. Um, you got to go. You, I, I honestly think with this secondary, you got to take a hard look at it. You say Fenton and Sneed are good, and I blow up the rest of it. I blow up the rest of it because none of it is good enough for this NFL. Not in this, not in this, not in 2022 coming up with the quarterbacks that you're going to be facing in the AFC on a perennial basis. You're not good enough in the secondary.
1: Yeah, they've got some major decisions to make this offseason. And like I mentioned, it's, If you want to go spend in free agency, you can't pay Tyron Matthew. You can't can't pay. You got to pay Orlando Brown Jr. If you want to solidify that left tackle spot. And while Orlando Brown Jr. is a solid left tackle, he's not elite. I I think he's comparable to your guy, Eric Fisher. Like, you know, he's he's okay. He's solid. Uh, He's he's at least not somebody you got to worry about all the time, but he's certainly not an elite left tackle. Like we saw that from him. Throughout the season. And oh, by the way, Tyreek Hill's looking for a new deal here pretty quick. So and Tyreek Hill has done enough to be pit to be the highest paid wide receiver in football. Like he simply has been. Whether the Chiefs will do that or not, we'll see. But Tyreek Hill has been good enough for long enough, Hall of Fame caliber numbers, that he deserves to be in that top three wide receiver money category. And some team will pay him that if the Chiefs aren't going to do that. So It's Again, it it hurts. I I know we're all in pain and kind of trying to manage what our expectations were for this team going into this game and the way that it started and and how positive it was and then the total collapse. It's hard to process that because in the Mahomes era, we just haven't seen them be that bad offensively in a in a big time playoff game they get the ball first in overtime you assume Patrick Mahomes has got us Patrick Mahomes is going to carry us to victory once again and for the first time in his career he wasn't able to do that he he wasn't oh. able to seal the deal and you know what I, I think the expectation is kind of unfair because he gets put in that situation a lot and he overcomes those situations on a regular basis to the point where you assume that it is automatic and it's probably not fair to constantly put him in that situation, especially when the chiefs didn't deserve to win
2: that football game with the way they played the entire second half. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think only good thing that came out of this entire entire game is that guess what? A coin flip doesn't decide a football game. It doesn't. There's two halves of the ball and both halves have to show up to play and the Bengals played, both halves of the Bengals team, the offense and defense, played in overtime, and neither side showed up for the Chiefs. The Chiefs couldn't stop the Bengals once they got the ball back. You felt like once the Bengals got the ball back that the game was over. You know why? Because the Bengals have had both sides of their of their ball playing playing decent football. You know they had good play calling. They 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 were hungry. They wanted it more. I mean, it's one of those things where you, like you look at this team and you say in the second half i feel like the Bengals wanted it more and that is insane to me to think about and you're right they put patrick mahomes they 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 think okay pat's gonna save us and that's what we got in trouble earlier in the season where patrick mahomes was trying to do too much and it got us in trouble and the rest of the team wasn't stepping up and that's what it kind of looked like a little bit this game like like they were trying to do too much
1: so I, I do just want to say, and I'm, I'm not putting the comments up on the screen right now because there's a lot of them that are absurd. The people saying the Chiefs threw that game, get out of here. Like get, get it's out not, true. Those, not dudes, true. those dudes want this more than anything in the world. It's everything that they work for. They just played bad. They just played bad, and that's the way that it goes sometimes in the NFL. I'm not here for they threw the game. The NFL is rigged conversation. That's idiotic. That's stupid. They just played bad. And again, this team has been living on the edge for a long time and saying, well, we got, we always have the difference maker. We always have the guy who comes up when we need him to in Patrick Mahomes. Sometimes that doesn't happen. It didn't happen 100% of the time for Brady. It can't happen 100% of the time for everybody. And it didn't happen for the Chiefs today. I don't think that... The Bengals did something miraculous uh, again. I think the Chiefs lost this game. I think the Chiefs came out of the gates looking strong, looking like, okay, we're going to run away with this thing and go to a third straight Super Bowl, and they totally collapsed in the second half. That's what this comes down to. It's not a, a rigged NFL where the Kansas City Chiefs threw this game late late in the second half or something like that. No, they just played bad. They just played bad, and I think they came out of the gate scoring so much. They got a little bit too confident, got a little lackadaisical, like we've seen them do over and over and over again the past few years. And it caught up to them because it's the AFC championship game, because it's the NFL playoffs, and you're playing against a team that was good enough to get to that game, so you can't sleepwalk through it, and they sleptwalk through the second half and it totally imploded on them and they were never able to recover from
2: it. Yep, they didn't recover and that's the whole thing is. You're in the AFC Championship game, you can't you got to play you got to play your very best, to be locked in every single down until the game is over. And this has been a Chiefs team and you know over the last few years where they they real they they know that they're good. Like they're a good team, but they know they're good and that's the problem. Because they go out there, they try to get a little too cute. They try to think, okay, we can play half-heartedly, and then and then bust and then come back at the end of the game. Now I I know they want to win. They want to win more than anybody else, more than me, more than you, more than anything like that. But wanting to win and going out there and focusing and executing and doing what you have to do to win are totally different things, you know, and it's 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 heartbreaking as a fan but it's also heartbreaking to the players too like i like i'm not that's not beyond me like 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 there's a lot of fan bases that would love to be in the afc championship game but this hurts because a lot of times when you lose in the afc championship game you think oh man that was a really good season we had a good season we had a good run and this season it just kind of feels like we didn't live up to our potential like at like like if, like, like we left, we left a lot on the field. We like, like if we would have lost against the bills last week, I could have walked away and said, we left it all out on the field. We gave everything we had. I don't think we gave everything we had today. I think we left a lot out there. Like, 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 like we, like we left a lot in the reserve. We didn't give everything we had. Yeah. And that's the part that's hard to swallow is that I don't think we got our best team today.
1: 100%. I, I totally agree with you, Rocky. And This one's going to hurt for a while, Kansas City. I I get it. I I get your frustration. I get that you're upset right now. It hurts, um, especially when you've done as much winning as this football team has over the last couple of years. You almost forget what it was like all those years where we watched devastating playoff losses with Alex Smith, where you saw them just never get over the hump with Trent Green, where you saw Lynn Elliott miss multiple field goals in a playoff game and it cost you a win. We've been here before. We know this pain. It's just been a while. We just forgot what it felt like, right? We just forgot what this feeling is like when you lose in the playoffs. And Hey, maybe this is a wake up call for this football team. Maybe this is a wake up call for the Kansas City Chiefs. And this team might look different next season, but it might be a wake up call for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. these hall of famers. They're still going to be on this team next year. So we'll see how this plays out. Um, You know, That's about all I got for you. I I just tried to make this a therapy session as much as I could. I've got plenty of work to do. I know Rocky's got plenty of stuff to do. I know Kansas City is probably going to drink and drown their sorrows a little bit tonight. I I totally get that. I do. Before we get out of here, just want to say thank you guys so much for everything that you've done for us this season, because Arrowhead Pride has surpassed every single goal this year that we set at the start of the regular season. And a huge part of that is you guys as an audience supporting everything that we're doing and really jumping on board with everything that we're trying to accomplish here at Arrowhead pride. So, you know, it, it's a wrap on the season and we'll still have plenty of content for you guys this week at arrowheadpride.com on the Arrowhead pride podcast network. As we kind of try to wrap up the year and put a bow on this thing and head into the off season, but everything that we accomplished this year is due to you guys as listeners and everything that you guys have done for us. So I do want to say before we get out of here that I really appreciate that. And if you're listening on the podcast, make sure you stick around afterwards. We'll have all the post game press conferences, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, anybody else that they put up there, you'll be able to hear that right here. Thank you guys for everything that you've done for us this season. We'll come back next year. Even better and stronger, but make sure you stick around for this week because we're going to wrap up the season. We still got plenty of great content for you. And make sure you guys subscribe, rate, and review. Rocky, been my teammate all throughout the season, man. It's not how I wanted to end it, but I'm so happy that we got to do this thing and build this thing together throughout the season. And we're going to come back next year stronger and better than ever, just like we hope the Chiefs did.
2: Listen, there's one one team that d- that gave everything they had every single game this year and it was me and you and it was led by you buddy. And you know what? Thank you everybody. We're coming back even stronger next year and you're always going to get 100% out of us. We promise you. Again, thank you guys
1: very much. We'll be back. We're still doing plenty of content in Airhead Pride. We're the place to be. We've got everything you need to know heading into the offseason as we wrap up the NFL year and the disappointing finish for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's still the place to be. We still got everything that you guys need to know, so make sure you're locked in there. We'll talk to you guys soon.
0: And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team.
1: The Kansas City Chiefs fell to the Cincinnati Bengals 27 24 in overtime in the AFC Championship game. After the game, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, safety Tyron Matthew, wide receiver McCole Hardman, and defensive end Frank Clark. We'll go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by Patrick Mahomes, then Tyron Matthew, McCole Hardman, and we'll wrap things up with Frank Clark. Um,
4: did a better job than what we did in that second half for sure. I uh, appreciate our fans for sticking with us throughout the season and uh, and then being being great today. So, um, listen, I, it's my responsibility to make sure that we, we do better offensively and as a team. And um, I, I obviously didn't get that done that second half. So, um, I've got to do a better better job there. We'll go back look at things and make the adjustments that that we need to uh, go into the off season. Unfortunately, this is so final and, uh, uh, that's, that's where we sit now and it's, um, our players were disappointed. Uh, obviously they put a lot of time and effort into this, putting themselves in this position, uh, for a championship game. I'm proud of them for that and the way they battled through some of the problems that we had early in the season. So we, um, um, again, uh, uh, very appreciative of the guys with that time. Jurors. Let's
5: go first to Adam Teicher. Go ahead.
4: Adam. Hey, Andy,
6: can you take us through your thinking on that play, the last play of the first half and Brad, I'll have a second question as well.
4: Yeah. So I was, uh, you know, I was hoping we could get, get the ball in the end zone. I probably gave him the wrong play first of all. So uh, to start with, I could have given him something better than that um, where the play was open in the end zone. And, um, and then we wouldn't have to go through that, but it's, um, uh, I'll, I'll take responsibility for that one. out. Right. And, um,
6: it, it looked like after Joe Burrow's run in overtime there, you, I know you can't challenge, but you were, were you asking the officials to review that play for a fumble? Is that what you were doing
4: there? Yeah. Not, not Joe Burrow. The, about the, yeah. Next. Yeah. Next. So, um, yeah, I was, I was wondering what, what they were going to say about that. Yes, um, you can't challenge right there, but it's uh, I, I had a chance to um, to talk to him, and they said he gave himself up. So. Let's
5: go next to Herbie Tiope, Go ahead, Herbie. Coach, in that first half, obviously, you, you, the
7: offense is humming. Uh, in the second half, sputtering. What exactly happened there in that second half? Did the Bengals present a different look defensively?
4: And yeah, listen, Herbie, not really. I mean, they played a little bit uh, more man on second down, but other than that, uh, no, not really. So we, we just, uh, you know, I, I, again, I can put the players in better positions to make plays I, I didn't get that part done. Thanks to Sam McDowell. Hey, Andy. Um, I
2: wonder if you could share what, what you shared with the team at all after the game.
4: Yeah, Sam. So uh, listen, I know it's disappointing I and mean, it's final. That's uh, the unfortunate part of it. So, uh, when things are in a calmer state, we'll get together um, tomorrow for a team meeting. Uh, but I, I do appreciate the, the work in which they, each guy put in. So, and, and respect him for that, especially where we where we were early in the season.
5: Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Good Pete. <laughs>
8: Coach, it seemed like Patrick might have been um, uh, pressing a little bit there in the, in the second half, especially heading into overtime. Any rhyme or reason in, in your mind as to maybe why that turned up a little bit again?
4: Yeah, listen, I mean, uh, Patrick's a great player, so he was trying to make a play. And uh, like I said, I, I've got to do a better job of giving him things that he can make plays with, so I can do a lot better in that area.
9: Next to Nate Taylor. good Nate any of the in the second half you guys were within the five yard line can you just uh, share with me what the thought process was whether to uh, try to end the game with the ball with a the, with the touchdown or just what the thought process was of, of maybe passing the ball uh, versus running the ball there
4: um, yeah well I was trying to we were trying to score you know a touchdown so any way we could score a touchdown <laughs> we were trying to score a touchdown I mean hindsight would tell you well, the passes weren't working but you know, we we're just trying to get the ball in the end zone so we could give them as little time as possible and score, you know, score a touchdown.
5: Got three more going right down the line, starting with Todd Libel. Good time. Hey coach, at the end of the first half, you mentioned the, the, the play call there, but how close was it to you guys just kicking the field goal there? It looked like Pat was lobbying
4: for it. Were you 50-50? Yeah, you, we had
5: did enough you time
4: to. We had enough time for another play, but I've got to get one that's open in the end zone. So it's yeah. next to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Um, I am just
10: curious about, about the pass rush in Joe Burrow, you, you know, the Titans got nine sacks. Chris Jones had him, had Burrow dead to rights, but were you, did you feel like you guys had more of an opportunity, um, to get after him this game and, and what role do you think that played in
4: the final outcome? Yeah. So we, we did have opportunities. Um, he got out of those and, um, you know, again, that happens. Um, but uh, they were holding extra people in, too, as you saw, um, to, for protection purposes.
5: I'll go last to Matt Derek, but Matt. Hey, Coach. Um, you know, there's been some statistics that kind of correlate that when Patrick is moving around a lot, that sometimes that's when he gets away from his best games.
7: Uh, is there anything in the moment in the second half that, you know, where you, you can talk to Patrick or anything that you see where – he gets mobile like that and, and to try and, and change things up a little bit?
4: Yeah, listen, Matt, I, I, like I said, I could have given him other things uh, to work with and better things. So um, I didn't. He was trying to move around like he does and make plays. He did, you know, that you never have to worry about that part. So, um, but I could have given him better, better plays to work with.
6: Hey, Patrick, can you take us through that last play of the first half? Uh, what, what happened there, what you were thinking? And, Brad, I'll have a second question as well.
7: Yeah, we had just, we had just ran a play. Uh, it took four seconds to play before um, where I burned it. So I knew that the time um, was low, obviously. and knew we needed to get points. Uh, we called a play that we were trying to get someone over the middle quick. Um, and then I was, probably, I was supposed to throw the ball away. Uh, I, got gre- I got a little greedy there and tried to give the to Tyreek and get a touchdown. They had two people out there um so uh definitely i mean in the long run of things uh looks bad but uh if we had another chance i would have went for another
6: play again okay and uh the the super bowl has been the standard around here now obviously how are you going to look back on this season when when you have time to reflect on it i mean you take away the
7: good things uh just like any season um it's definitely disappointing i mean here um, with this group of guys that we have, we expect to, to be in that game and, and to, to win that game. And anything less than that is, is not success. Um, so we'll, we'll go back. We'll look at all the things we did well, the adversity we battled through, the better the team that we became towards the end of the season um, and try to learn and try to learn from the mistakes that we made and try to be better next year.
5: Thanks to Herbie Tiope. But
7: Herbie. Patrick, you mentioned some of the mistakes you're trying to learn from. What do you think went behind
8: some of the struggles in that second half, especially coming off that first half where they often seem to be clicking on all cylinders?
7: There a few just a few misreads here and there. There was guys that were open um, and I, I didn't hit at the right time or I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I passed up on a sudden shorter. That I went for something I wanted to get something deeper down the field. Um, and when you're playing a good team and you don't hit what's there and you, and you try, to get, try to get a little bit more than what's, what's necessary, uh, you, you, it kind of bites you in the butt, I guess you would say. I mean, it, it's something that uh, uh, we were playing so well in the first half. In the second half, uh, we were just off a tick, and that's all it takes to lose a football game.
8: Next
5: to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete.
8: Patrick, all these guys look at you as the leader of this team. I was wondering if you could kind of share your, your message to, to this team and, and, and what you said uh, after, after uh, the game in the locker room.
7: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just I said I'm proud of those guys. I mean, if you look at the season that we had to be in this game in general, um, it's definitely it's definitely a special group of guys that battled through adversity. Um, but <clears throat> the leaders on this team know that this isn't this isn't our standard. We want to win the Super Bowl. Whenever you taste that, that winning the Super Bowl, nothing less than that is success. And so uh, we have to go back. Uh, obviously, every locker room is different. Um, but uh, we have the core group of guys that it, that it takes to win. So we have to go back, learn from this, and try to be better next year. Let's
9: go next to Sam McDowell. Good Sam.
2: Hey Patrick and Brad, I have a follow up. Um, I know it's fresh right, fresh right now, but but what are the fresh feelings? Like, what, what goes through your mind immediately?
7: Yeah, you're definitely disappointed. I mean, when you're this close and you're in the the final four games, uh, you want to win the Super Bowl. And we've had two years in a row where we've lost an AFC Championship, or actually three, four years really. We 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 lost AFC Championship, game, won the Super Bowl, lost AFC. I mean, lost Super Bowl, then lost AFC Championship. And so, I mean, a few plays here and there, you could have four chances at the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's a uh, it's, uh, it's definitely disappointing, but you have to learn from it. I mean, you can't let this end what we have here. You have to make sure that you continue to battle, continue to get better, uh, and try to find ways to win Super Bowls at the end of the day.
2: And then it seemed like the Bengals were really trying to, in the second half, prevent you from scrambling a lot with the way they were playing the defensive linemen. Can you just explain what you were seeing in regards to that?
7: Yeah, they just had a spy on me for the, for the most part. And I've usually done a great great job of getting around that guy, but they did, they had a good game plan. Um, they were doing this a lot of similar stuff in the first half. We were, we were just executing at a higher level um, and they stayed with it. Uh, they fought. I mean, that's, that's a good football team, but it takes a lot of, uh, of fight to stay in a game whenever you're down like that. Um, but I mean, I gotta be better. I mean, when you're up 21 to three at one point in the game, you can't lose it. And I, I mean, I put that on myself.
9: Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go Nate. Patrick, I have two questions. Just what did you see on the interception and given your success scrambling in the red zone in the first half, was there anything that you just saw differently from the Bengals when you had those opportunities late in the fourth quarter?
7: Yeah. on The, the overtime interception, um, I knew the safety was going to make it a play and make it a run at it. Um, but I just gave my guy a chance. And I mean, it, it got tipped, tipped a oh, good play by one safety and it fell right into the other dude's hands. So, uh, I mean, I would have, I would have done it again. I mean, whenever you have a guy like Tyreek running and he has a step on someone, give him a chance to, to make a play. And, uh, I'll say, like, eight times out of ten, he, he makes that catch. And so it didn't, didn't work for us today. Um, but, um, I mean, that's a play that I would go to again if I had the chance. And then um, the red zone, I mean, we were only down there once in the second half. So it wasn't like we, were, we weren't having great success. I mean, we were, it was at the point at the end of the game where they were just blocking the end zone, trying to keep us to a field goal. Um, so um, you got to be in the red zone more to have more success in it. Let's
5: go next to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Uh,
10: Patrick, I I know, you know, it's weird to celebrate milestones in a game like this, but I did want to ask about Travis Kelsey. He's now tied for third most uh, postseason touchdowns in NFL history, one of only three guys with 100 catches. Uh, Obviously, he was great today. Can you just talk about, um, you know, how much of a safety blanket he was and how terrific he was today? Yeah, I mean,
7: he's just a competitor, man. Um, Obviously, he's super talented um and everybody knows that the routes he runs how, how big and athletic he is and everything like that but he's just a guy you want to go to battle with he's going to fight to the very end I mean he, that's the type of dude he is and we have guys like that all over this team and uh, uh as disappointed I am at how we performed in the second half and losing the game and everything like that I'm proud of how the guys fought to the very end of that game no matter how disappointing it looked there in the in the second half
5: and last to Jory Epstein go Jory
0: Patrick, you talked about how after you reach a Super Bowl, nothing else really feels the same and you know what you're missing. In light of the news that Tom Brady seems to be on his way of retiring, does it give you any different perspective of how difficult it is to get to that place and what can you take from his career as you try and get back to that place?
7: Yeah, I mean, his career is one of a kind. I mean, that's why he's the GOAT. I mean, to win that many Super Bowls, to be in that many games... Um, it's hard. And I've understood that. I mean, after the years that I've had, I mean, I've been close a lot, but I've only been there twice and I have went one, one. Um, and I understand that it takes a, a special player, a special group of guys, a special circumstances for that to happen. And I'm still trying to do whatever I can to give myself a chance every year to, do, to, to try to get in that game and to win it. Um, but I mean, who knows if he retires? I feel like he, I mean, we don't know for sure. Um, but uh, regardless if he does, or he doesn't, he's going to be a great football player and he's always been a great football player in his career.
2: Hey, Tyron. Um, Can you give us a sense for what the locker room's like right now? And if you had any conversations with people just as being as one of the leaders in that room?
11: I mean, obviously, you know, um, deflated, uh, you know, be a good word to describe it. Um, You know, um, obviously, it's been a blessing. You know, I've been in this league nine years and, you know, uh, you know, not all the time do you have a chance to play for championships and, you know, play for Super Bowls, you know, to hang banners you know, to, to, to make the city proud. And, you know, obviously we, you know, fell short today, but, um, you know, it's a lot of good to, to look back on. Um, you know, we won a lot of football games, um, you know, obviously, you know, the last two losses, you know, that we've had in the playoffs, um, you know, it it hasn't really been our standard, you know, and, Um, But I'm proud, you know, of of the way we continue to fight, you know, throughout the season. Um, You know, I'm proud of the way we stuck together. I'm proud of our coaches, you know, in the way that they continue to, you know, take bullets for us. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's a lot of good, you know, to to think about. Uh, Obviously, you know, I'm grateful, you know, for the opportunity. But um, I think anytime you come up short. Um, and you know you could be better, you know, it's, it's obviously deflating, you know. Let's go next
5: to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam.
11: Hey, Tyron, um,
6: I know you weren't involved with pass rush much, but um, I was wondering about Joe Burrow. I mean, you guys have played against him twice now. Um, he's been kind of, you're alu- not a real mobile guy, but a little bit elusive. Is he more difficult to, uh, to bring down than maybe you would think?
11: Well, I think he's a smart quarterback. Um, you know, and I think obviously, you know, um, he's not geared to run around. He's not geared to, you know, get 60, 70 rushing yards a game. Um, but I think, he, you know, he's a smart player. He's a smart quarterback. And I think, you know, within certain schemes or certain coverages, um, you know, there is a window, you know, for the quarterback to run the ball. And, um, you know, hats off to him. Obviously, this kid studies a lot of tape and, you know he has the instincts to go with it as well, and you know uh, he made a couple, you know, third down, you know, scrambles today that you know kind of lifted their team. You know, and I think for us, you know, anytime you can get off the field when it's third and six, third and seven, you know, third and long, um, you just gotta you gotta dig deep and, and and try your best to to just get off the field. But you know, uh, just felt like those guys made a little bit more plays, you know, than us today.
5: Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Good Pete.
11: Aaron, I,
8: I apologize for how abrupt this question comes, but uh, we're not sure when we'll, we'll get you again. Just how eager are you to just remain with the Kansas City Chiefs? I, I know we haven't talked about that in a while, but just uh, continuing your time here in Kansas City.
11: I mean, I, you know, I hope so. You know, um, you know, ever since I came here, you know, I've just tried to be the right kind of teammate. Um, you know, I've tried to play my part, and, you know, uh, obviously... You know, it's always that feeling that, you know, you can make more plays for your team, but um, I'm hoping it works out. Um, you know, I don't have any control over that. Um, you know, I feel like everything that was in my control, you know, uh, I try my best to to handle it and, and and to do it with a smile. So um, I love this team. I love this locker room. You know, it's a lot of that I have great relationships with, and so I'm hoping, yeah.
5: The last two, we'll go Todd Lebo and Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd Lebo. Hey, Tyron. The standard you guys have set here has been incredible the last couple of years, making the Super Bowl and all that, and losing at overtime at home in the FC Championship is no shame in that. But how do, you, how do you characterize this season? I mean, do you call it a failure if you didn't make it to the Super Bowl?
11: Um, I, I think, you know, the, the immature, you know, person in me will probably say, you know, we failed. Um, I think the bigger person in me, you know, realized that, you know, these things aren't always possible, you know, and, you know, for us to start the season the way we did, and, you know, for us to kind of claw our way back out of last place, you know, put ourselves in first place, you know, uh, you know, give this city, you know, home games where, you know, they can come out and be a factor. Uh, I'm I'm more, I'm more so just proud of, you Know the, the guys that I work with, the coaches that I work with, and um, so for me, uh, that's kind of you know, um, so what a gratefulness comes into play. You know, you just have to be grateful for certain experiences, you know, um, certain challenges, you know, um, things that you know, you know, can't can hang out the best in you, you know, um, in the future to come. So, you know, we got a lot of motivation, you know, um, and you know, I know it's a lot of guys in that locker room that, you know, they, they, they're going to take this offseason personal, you know, to really get better um, because we do feel like we're still the best team, you know, uh, in the NFL. But, you know, the best team doesn't always win. You know, it's, it's the team that, you know, uh, plays well and makes the plays, you know, that day, you know. So um, I'm, I'm just extremely proud to, to come to work with these guys.
5: The we'll last to top Palmer. Go, Tom.
11: Uh, hey Tyrone, I, I just was curious how
10: how frustrating was the second half because in some ways it seemed like a mirror image of the the game, week seventeen game at Cincinnati where you guys raced out to a big lead and then uh, you know late in the second or second quarter and you know kind of starts to slip away. Was that
11: were you guys getting frustrated and, and did that previous matchup seep into your mind at all? No, I think every game is different. You know, obviously it was, you know, some motions and you know certain moves of the game kind of, you know, made it feel like, you know, week 17, but I think every week is different. Um, you know, I thought we came out today. I thought we, you know, we played up to our standard. Um, obviously, in the second half, um, you know, credit to those guys. You know, they made the, they made more plays than us, and, um, you know, uh, you can't always control, you know, what the other team is going to do, um, but, you know, obviously, it was a lot of plays out there today that, You know, we all feel like, you know, we we could have been better or we left out there. So, uh, you know, I I think more importantly, you just have to continue to to dig deep. Um, You know, this is another great challenge, you know, for this team, for this organization to, you know, continue to push forward, you know, and to continue to represent the AFC, you know, to continue to represent this division, you know, and I, I know that they can do that. Nicole,
8: we're uh, obviously not in the locker room anymore. I just was wondering if you could give a sense of, of where the team is at right now.
12: I can't hear nothing. I can't hear nothing. Nicole, I know
8: we're not uh, in the locker room anymore. I was just wondering if you kind of give a sense of, of, of the temperament
12: um, coming out of that. The temperament? Just oh. The mood of the team. I, I, I reckon. Really the mood of the team? Um, I mean, I was everybody disappointed in what's going on. I mean, I think y'all know what kind of mood we're going to be in. It was not a happy mood. Um, so, we um, was just, you know, disappointed what we did, what we showed out there, and just something we got to learn from and just try to, you know, get better on as, you know, coming into next year. Thanks Herbie Go to Herbie Chiopi. Go Herbie.
7: Hey, McCall. Obviously, it seemed like a game of two halves. The offense was clicking in the first half, and then the second half there were some struggles. What do you think happened in that
12: defense? I don't- I just feel like um, I think we just got to execute better. Um, we got to put points on the board. We can't just be having three outs or, you know, just, you know, putting our defense in bad situations. So um, we just got to execute on the offensive standpoint. I mean, we scored three points total in the second half. So um, I think that's that's on us to, you know, just to be better in certain situations and, and key situations and, you know, getting the ball down the field and uh, getting first downs and, you know, trying to get some points on the board. So um kind of didn't, didn't do that in the second half.
5: So thanks to Todd Lebo. Hey, McCole, it seemed like everything was going perfectly in the first half, right? It's 21 to three. Did you guys feel like you had already won the game a little bit? Was there any letdown at all? Or, or did, you, did you feel like this? You know, I mean, obviously you felt like you were going to win the game, but it didn't feel like you guys had already kind of made it when the, when the league was where it was?
12: No, we didn't. We know they're a good football team, and we know we had to, you know, score some more. We know we had to put more points on the board, but obviously, you know, we couldn't do that in the second half. But um, we never had no letdown. We, we wanted to keep scoring, wanted to keep putting points on the board, and you know, try to, you know, put the game away. But it's something we we just couldn't do in the second half.
5: Next to Harold, go to
11: Harold. Cole, what specifically was it from a defensive standpoint that you saw differently? Uh, that the Bengals did. Was it something they did with their, you know, safeties or anything that you just saw out there that was like, okay, that's a
5: lot different from the first half of the second.
12: I don't think they did nothing different, honestly. Um I think they might switch up some little calls or you know, you know, switch up a little, a little some little things um to certain formations. But um I think they stick with it stick with their game plan. I think they were just making better plays than we was. And um so um I think that's was that. Um but and they came out and played a great game. I mean we can't you know do nothing but tip our hats to them and um and just put the blame on ourselves.
5: Go next to Nate
9: Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Nicole, I have two questions for you. Just, what was the feeling like going into the locker room at halftime, knowing you guys could have maybe been up twenty-eight to three? Instead, it was twenty twenty-one to three. Just, what was that feeling like? And Brad, I'll have a second.
13: I
12: mean, just you know, um, we get the ball back and let's go out, let's score. You know, um, let's let's put some pressure on them and let's go out and just try to execute. So I mean, we was all good moves, and um, but we knew what we had to do. We knew the game wasn't over, so um, we were just trying to do things like that. But you know. We'll see how that went.
9: Yeah, You guys have been known for comebacks throughout your time with the team. Uh, I guess how surprising or frustrating is it that the Bengals in two games this season have, have come back and, and beat you guys in this manner?
12: I can't hear him. What would you say?
9: You guys have been known for comebacks throughout your time with the team. Just how disappointing or, or frustrating is it that the Bengals in two games this season have beat you guys in a comeback fashion?
12: Like I said, you just gotta tip your hat to them, man. They came out and they they played well. Um you gotta put out blame ourselves for not executing like we should. Um so um, but hats off to them. They they played the a hell of a game. So
5: Well last to Jory Epstein. Go ahead. Jory.
0: Nicole, how would you describe Patrick Mahomes' demeanor in the second half and when things weren't working as well in the passing game? What did y'all try and do to help him? Ah, damn
12: here. Say it again, I'm sorry. You said how something about Patrick. De-
0: how would you describe Patrick's demeanor in the second half? And when the passing game was not working as well, how did y'all try and help him?
12: Well, just stay motivated, man. Just trying to, you know, try and be there for him and, you know, try to get open for him, try to make things easier for him. So, um, you know, it showed a couple of different looks. Um, but I mean, um, overall, we just got to execute. That's what it comes down to. So we just gotta execute. Um, we got to, you know, make the plays when the ball coming our way. And, um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. But um, but no, nah, I mean, I think he was good. I think he was fine. Um, I think it just, you know, we got to get open. You know, give him give him a chance to you know see 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 our jersey and you know give him a chance to you know give us the ball. So, um, but other than that, I think you know, you know, it is what it was. Uh, hey Frank, um, seemed like
10: you guys got pressure on Joe Burrow at times, but it was hard to actually get him to the ground. Um, can you just talk about how slippery he was and how you thought the pass rush performed today? Um,
13: you know, great quarterback who executed on every uh, senator to get his team to the Super Bowl. Let's go next
5: to Todd Lebo. but Todd, Frank, obviously you guys set a very high standard here, going to the Super Bowls and all that. You fell a little bit short this year. Emotionally, uh, how are you guys doing right now? And how would you characterize what this season is? I mean, you, you can't call it a failure if you make the FC
13: Championship game, but you didn't get where you wanted to go. I mean, you know, Adversity, um, people go through that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, i been mean, going through it my whole life. I can only, you know what I mean, pitch what a lot of these other guys have been through, and you know the things they've had to overcome, obstacles and stuff like that. So, you know, long season, man. We started the season off kind of rocky. You know, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people are counting us out at that point. You know, so to be able to get to this point and you know um, revamp back up and get our season back on the right track. Playing some great football, uh, you know that was the a great highlight. Um, unfortunately, you know we wasn't able to finish. You know, the end goal is the end goal, which is the Super Bowl, and you know give us some things to go back in, you know over the summer and over the spring, and to look at, to execute so we can get out there and put ourselves in a better position next year. Next to Harold Coons, good Harold.
11: Frank, uh, you know, you go into the halftime locker room about 21-3, but then obviously the second half, things kind of fell apart. What was the kind of mentality on the sideline there? And what was the mood as, as things started to just slowly and slowly go, not the way you wanted it to go?
13: I mean, it's football, you know, um, you're playing enough football games, you you see it happen, you know, multiple times. So sometimes, you know, you can be the you know the, the, the vet from that point, you know, and helping guys understand, you know, I've seen this before. I've been in this situation. You know, we got to keep our foot you know, on the next and just stay at it, stay adamant about, you know, just finishing the game. And um, you know, unfortunately it just didn't go our way. You know, it's things been going our way, you know, all season and, you know, timing and just different little things. And um, you know, it just didn't go our way. You know, you watch, you know, the offense, they come out there, they start the game off every drive, they scoring, um, they driving down, they just putting us in great position. And um, you know, at a point, you know, they went in at halftime, they made the necessary adjustments that they need to make. And um, you know, hats off to their coaching staff. You know, that's all coaching. You know, the players, um, you know, they decided that they wanted to go out there and compete this, you know, for the next 30 minutes of, of the game, and that's what they did. You know, it's it's not a, a shade to them in no type of way. You know, the best team, you know, um and the best team and the smartest team all around won today. And that was the Cincinnati Bengals. Unfortunately. Take two more we'll over Adam and then Matt. Go to Adam.
6: Hey, Frank, um, Super Bowl is all you know since you've been here. So I was just wondering, now that you guys didn't quite get there this year, how are you going to remember this season?
13: And Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Man, just adverse. It's been a long season. Um, like I was just saying, you know, um, you know just adverse. And, you know, I'm, it's a, I am remember the guys more than the season. You know, it's, it's really the guys in the locker room who I always remember. You know, the long time, you know, you invest so much time you know, at the building and with these guys, you know, you, you, you find some great friends in this game as well. And, um, you know, it's the guys, the relationships I built within the, within the, you know, the lines and stuff like that, that I'm never going to forget about it. You know, like you said, all I know is the Super Bowl since I've been here. So, you know, exiting in the AFC championship, I mean, to some standard that's, that's bad, but I mean, it's not as bad as some of the other guys, you know, I got a lot of friends that have been on vacation for a few weeks now, man. So you know, just um, you know, it sucks. I gotta go join them now, but you know, hats um, off. Like I said, hats off to Sensi and everything they did up there. But you know, we just got to be able to compete, man. Do better.
6: Yeah, you, you you were asked about Joe Burrow earlier. So, what's it like to try to get him on the ground?
13: I mean, tough. He's tough. Um, athletic guy. Um, can 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 make all the throws, and you know, has, has poise. That's the that's the one thing you people don't speak about. You know, um, they talk about the first round. They talk about you know how he's won the LSU, how he's continued to win in the NFL. His, you know, how he's gotten better every game, basically. And you know, you just watch a quarterback like him, and you know, he goes out and he's so poised. The guy can get sacked last week; he got sacked eight or nine times or something. And um, he goes out and wins the game. You know, um, we even when we played him the first game around, we sacked him about four times. You know, some good hits, and he stands back up, calls the play wins the game, and um, like I said, just hats off talk to him, man. Young guy, great quarterback, um, and I said it before, he's going to win a lot of football games in this league. Last one to Matt, Derek. Go ahead, Matt.
5: Hey, Frank, I understand that at a time like this, the, the last thing you probably want to think about is the future, uh, but football is a business, and what's your confidence that you, you'll, you'll be sticking with this team and you'll be around next year, and, and how much do you want to stay in Kansas City? Uh,
13: man, Kansas City is home. You know Kansas City is home. My I bought a house here. You know, my, my daughter goes to school and stuff like that here. Um, it's home, man. So, um, you know, I want to be here for the future for the rest of my career, you know. But, like you said, unfortunately, the way business goes, you know, things don't happen the way you want them to happen all the time, you know. Um, but you know, off season got a lot of stuff to do, man. You know, season just in off season that's what the off season is for. I got to do, you know, talk to guys. I'm sure y'all <laughs> in the media and stuff like that was going on. So you know, it ain't going to be hard to, um, you know, keep up with me. They're always trying to keep up with me anyway.
0: First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why
10: did I get CC'd on mom? Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products.